2: You can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, you feeling like a number one seed or maybe play-in game? Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's all here ready to go. Coming up, Jay Billis will tell us everything we need to know about March Madness. There are going to be a lot of people at the office today, or your friends, and they're going to be college basketball experts today. Probably didn't know anything a week ago, or maybe a couple of days ago, but they're going to know an awful lot. They're going to be the I-told-you-so guy. Albert Breer will join us, and we have legal tampering starting coming up at uh, noon Eastern today. And we'll also check in with Kevin Frazier and Nichelle Turner from Entertainment Tonight following the Academy Awards last night. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of this program. Sign up for the DP Show newsletter available every day, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. Go to danpatrick.com. Enter your email address in the box that slide out, and you are good to go. All right, we'll have a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Some of the headlines from over the weekend, obviously the NCAA tournament, the number one seeds, Bama, Houston, Kansas, and Purdue. And there was the big trade for uh, the Carolina Panthers moving up to number one. Not sure who they're taking at number one, and no word yet on Aaron Rodgers. Also, Jalen Ramsey going to the Miami Dolphins. That will be official coming up on Wednesday Scotty Scheffler wins the players, and legal tampering starts today in a couple of hours. All right. Poll question today. Seaton. what are we going to go with?
3: Well, Dan, we got a few here for you. Um, we could go with, do you, do you know, has, have you filled out a bracket yet? I mean, those things have all gone live by now, right? Yeah. Do you think that there's people who have already filled one out? Yeah. Like the day of it's announced and then let's just get in and do it? Maybe, but it feels like you want to absorb all the information
2: that's out there because there are so many websites, so many analysts, and people have been watching college basketball year long that I, wouldn't, I would wait to the last second yeah. before I was filling out a bracket. Yeah, right. it,
3: it feels like most people take this, these couple of days to sort of crash course on everything.
2: Yes, yeah. I would say 90% of the
1: people probably haven't filled out a bracket. Yes, Paul? Thinking can be really dangerous. Whenever I think before I fill out my brackets, I usually do poorly. If I write it down with no analysis, like Arkansas, Illinois, uh, Arkansas. Yeah, but even thinking in real life
2: sometimes. Yes. The more you think, the worse it gets. Uh, But, yeah, when you're filling out the brackets and you start to think about, uh, you know, I heard, you know what, Iowa's dangerous. Wait, is Iowa dangerous? Oral Roberts is, wait, I forget who's dangerous. And anybody who has a beef that their school didn't get in, Vandy, Oklahoma State, Rutgers, I'm sorry. you got to find another shoulder to cry upon. If you can't make it into 68, then you don't deserve to be in the tournament. Yeah, I remember when it was 32 teams, and you actually got snubbed. Now you're not getting snubbed. Although you could make a case for Vandy and Oklahoma State and who else? Uh, Rutgers. Yeah, I get it. But uh, no sympathy when it comes to this. It's like not qualifying for a bowl game. <laughs> you you only need six wins to qualify. That's it. And if you don't make it, you can't go. Man, we got we got snubbed this year. We got jobbed. Well, how many wins did you have? We had five. No, you don't deserve to be in a bowl game.
3: Yes, Seton. You- and it's like this is the time of year, too, that my mind can be so easily swayed one way or the other. Like right now, I'm convinced Marquette and Penn State are the two most oh. dangerous teams in the tournament. And it's really only because Clark Kellogg was like, oh, no, these guys look pretty good. I'm like, oh, they're
2: going to win everything. Yeah. Seton came in. He goes, "Ah, oh, man, you got to keep an eye out on Penn State. Watch I, go, out. Penn I said, State? really? I, I haven't heard you talk about Penn State all year. Yep, long." Most dangerous team in the tournament, Dan.
3: <laughs> What? How?
1: What? Yeah. Yeah, Paul. I made a mistake of reading something this morning. UCLA basketball has had a few injuries. Last week, that injury, this big man named Bona, who I just saw play for 10 seconds the other day. <laughs> I'm like, Bona's out. Jeez, they may be in trouble versus UNC Asheville. <laughs> and there's <laughs> me picking UNC Asheville, and UCLA's going to win by 18.
3: All right. What else do you have seen? <laughs> Bona's out. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we could go something off of the uh, Panthers trade if you want. Mm, okay. Who won that trade?
2: I wasn't overwhelmed with what the Bears got. For some reason, I thought, okay. Um, and, and Caroline's not sure what they're doing with the number one pick, that, at least reportedly. But I, for some reason, I thought the Bears might get more now. And you have their first-round draft pick next year. You get D.J. Moore, and he is as good a wide receiver as the Bears have had in a long time, and that's not saying much. But D.J. Moore is very good. Now Carolina, do they... Frank, I saw Peter King was talking about Frank Reich. You know, he doesn't like small quarterbacks, short quarterbacks. He likes quarterbacks who are 6'4", 6'5". And I'm like, okay, then that's probably Anthony Richardson. Would you trade up to get Anthony Richardson number one overall? Well, maybe. Maybe you want uh, Cam Newton 2.0, bring in Anthony Richardson. They haven't had a quality
3: quarterback since Cam in 2015. Then Cam started to fall apart. Yes, he Yeah, I was a little underwhelmed when I saw that trade for some reason. Yeah. Like, I thought maybe it's just because you build things up in your head too much, but I thought the Bears would get more than that, even though it's probably fair. And then from the, from the Panthers side of things, I was like, but who are they trading up for? Because it could be any one of five different people.
2: Yeah, and I don't know if they want Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson. Imagine if they took Will Levis out of Kentucky. But, you know, now Justin Fields can get some help. He had 17 touchdown passes last season. He throws, uh, completes under 60% of his passes. He's an unbelievable runner. And uh, now we're going to find out if they made the right decision keeping Justin Fields as their quarterback. And I can only go by what an NFL scout said when I said, would you trade that number one pick? And he said, absolutely. Uh, He would trade Justin Fields uh, instead of trading the number one pick. He would trade Justin Fields. He said, absolutely. And I said, who would you take? And he said, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. But his grade on Bryce Young was higher than C.J. Stroud. And I said, well, what about the elements? A lot of times you'll draft that quarterback who fits the city that he's going to be playing in, weather-wise, outside. And he said, I'd love to see Bryce Young indoors, like Indianapolis. But he's a better quarterback, in his opinion, the NFL scout, than Justin Fields is. But they made the pick. And they're not quite sure who they're after, but then they don't have to. You don't have to say who you're going to take. I mean, you can make up those jerseys. I mean, we, we have the Ryan Leaf jersey when the Colts were debating between Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf. They were shooting promos for the draft. Like, is Ryan Leaf going to be the number one pick by the Colts? And his jersey that uh, he gave us is in the man cave here. That if he was going to the uh, the Colts, that was going to be his jersey. So you can make up a jersey for all four of those quarterbacks if you want to. But Carolina is now on the clock, and we'll keep an eye on what's going on with the Jets. Uh, is it a matter of if or when Aaron Rodgers decides that he's going to play for the Jets? Because the Packers have basically said, uh, "Hey, if he wants to trade, we'll be happy to trade," and um, you know they're they're ready to move on. They're ready to move on. And I th- don't think that's any surprise. If he doesn't go to the Jets, does he go to the Raiders or does he retire? And it feels like if he if you're going to retire, you would have said that. But if you're going to play for the Jets, they're clearing some cap space there. Probably have to finalize, well, what are you giving up to get Aaron Rodgers? What do you want for giving up Aaron Rodgers? But, you know, I thought if it was going to go on till Monday – then I'm a Jets fan. I'm a little nervous here. But maybe, maybe it's just Aaron. You know, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I wait and announce this on Pat McAfee's show tomorrow. I mean, McAfee has been sort of a mouthpiece for Aaron. He's able to go there, have a conversation. And, uh, you know, it's not exactly a combative, uh, combative type uh, interview. They have a good conversation. And if I'm Rodgers, I, you know, do a solid to McAfee. Make the announcement there, what you're going to do. I mean, let the Jets know what you're going to do. That would help. But that would probably be uh, my thought process on all of this. But trying to figure this out. In fact, uh, Aaron was on the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall. Uh, He asked the question, and yes, there is some background noise in here that might be annoying, but here is Brandon Marshall with Aaron Rodgers.
0: How
4: was it meeting Woody Johnson? How was that meeting?
0: Oh, that was, that was, you yeah, know, it's, it's always interesting meeting important figures in the sport. Um, yeah, it's always interesting.
4: That's all I'm giving I'm you. just there now? That's all, all I'm giving you. A-Rod. What uh, we now, doing, A-Rod?
1: Stay tuned. Stay tuned? How Stay long tuned. we got to wait? Well, I think it won't be long.
2: There's
4: a,
1: there's a, there's I a, there's a time, there's a time
3: mm-hmm. limit for Can all
2: this. Th- righty. <laughs> uh... Yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, you, know, you know, it'll be it'll be soon. Seton, what else do you have here?
3: Well, I was gonna go with one of those two, Dan. I okay. was gonna go probably with the uh Panthers Bears trade.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. That's fine. 877-3DP show, email address, DP at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at DP Show. And uh, Operator Tyler standing by, best and worst of the weekend as we always do every Monday. What you liked, you didn't like, your opportunity to uh, give us your thoughts. Our bracket challenge you can sign up for that. We'll give you details here in the next couple of days, and uh, you'll be able to win a uh, Traeger Grill. There's a lot of great things available there uh, you know, with all of our sponsors and uh, your opportunity to uh, win some things with the Celebrity Bracket Challenge. Fritzie, Fritzie how are we doing with these Celebrity Brackets?
4: Uh, we've got 17 participants so far. I'm <laughs> still waiting on a few others. Uh, they include Will Farrell, Brian Cranston, Darius Rucker, Josh Duhamel, Troy Aikman, just to name a few.
2: But are you still reaching out to the women who have no idea what this show is?
4: There about? are some women on the list. But I did uh, add some more some more guys as well. But for fun, I did want to reach out to us. You know, we had Jennifer Lopez, Serena yeah, but Williams.
2: But it's not fun. It's not fun? No, no. Not I thought f- I'd hear
4: back from Jennifer Connelly by now, but
2: uh, no. Nah. But it's not fun
1: for you to reach out well, to these women. What they say? Yes, though. But they're not going to.
3: Have we reached out to Jamie Lee Curtis?
4: That would be fun. That but, would be a great That's
1: one. a no. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi's in. She said yes. Shocker. She wasn't even asked. She just joined in. No word from Elizabeth Shue. Angela Bassett.
3: Ooh. I mean, last night, Oscars, yeah.
1: there's a whole bunch of people
3: to invite.
2: Now, I, now they're
1: all
4: in a better mood. They want to I, throw don't, a I
2: don't think that'll make Angela Bassett in a better mood. You know? No, I don't want Wakanda, you know, forever mad. She's gonna be mad forever. Should have won. Yeah. Yeah. She should have won for best supporting, even though she shouldn't have been in that category because she carried the movie that she was in. She was best actress, and she wouldn't have won if she was best actress because Michelle Yao from everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, she was going to win. And Angela Bassett was a best supporting uh, actress, and Jamie Lee Curtis ended up winning that, which was a big surprise to a lot of people. But for the most part, I don't know if there were any other major surprises there. And I thought that they moved it along quite nicely. Jimmy Kimmel did a great job. Uh, he wasn't in every you know break, every bit, every introduction. And, and I thought it was good. It was clean. Uh, you know, the Obviously, uh, there were the Will Smith jokes, maybe one too many there. But And also, I don't want to have a close-up of the actor or actress who wins. I don't need that. It's like when they do the anthem in the NFL, and they pan along, and then I'm looking up Aaron Rodgers' nose. I don't need that. You know, if there's a tear, you know, coming down somebody's eye, all right, you can find that. I'm okay with that. But when somebody won, it was like, oh, my God. Like, they're they're right in my TV. They're coming right through my TV to say hello to me and accept the award. Didn't need that. But for the most part, I thought it was pretty good, pretty clean, and uh, – You know, you get caught up in the award show. I just like seeing
3: beautiful people. Yes, yes. I prefer people to be upset and not clap when they lose. Than overly cheering for the other person who did. Yes, you won, not me. Yes, yes. Because we don't. Yes! We don't do that at the Sports Emmys. But nobody does that in real life. No,
2: they don't. Because you. Well, but you have to. I always did that. I I had it down to a science. Whenever I'd be up against Bob Costas, that I knew. All right, the and the final. And be this guy, this guy, Dan Patrick, Ernie Johnson, and the winner is—and I'd start clapping because I knew it was going to be Bob Costas. They didn't even mention it. And the winner is Bob Costas. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah, I'm really happy for Bob. He's got his thirtieth Sports Emmy. Maybe yeah. this year you could do the
3: yes, yeah, you won, not me. <laughs> yes, yes, you, you.
2: Yes, Marv.
4: What if you're clapping because you know you're not going to win? You have no chance of winning. Yeah. All right, so if you're Angela Bassett and you're the favorite, I think it's one of those. Like if you're the favorite to win, if you're look the O one Sixers, I'm sure they get together <laughs> once a the decade. The O one Sixers, yeah. You know what, man? That was a that was a hell of a run. The 2011 Heat will not get together. Like you know what? That was a big disappointment. So I think if you're <laughs> if you're the favorite and you lose, don't clap. But if you're just happy to be nominated, oh man, stand up and clap for the winner.
2: But everybody's on camera. They got all the nominees right there. And by the way, Maverick Top Gun. Academy
4: Award winning film.
2: Nominated film. They won. Yeah. I think it won Best Sound. Sound. Yeah, Best Sound. So they won. They're a winner. Sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. (laughs) 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 Say good morning if
3: you're watching on Peacock. That's our streaming partner. Download the app. Yeah, my social media blew up when uh, Top Gun Maverick won best sound <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I got a lot of suck it back. rolls like, oh, I thought they weren't winning any Oscars. I'm like, dude, they won best sound. Hey. Like, as a sound guy, I appreciate it, but. Okay. No, look, I'm all in on the sound guy. I, I get it. I'm, heck yeah, that's awesome. But it's like, I don't, I don't know that like in your face is necessary because they won best sound. I took a victory lap.
2: You my, did? My wife's going, what are you doing? I go. Top Gun won an, won an Academy Award. She's like, and? I said, no. You know, everybody mocked me when uh, they were nominated for uh, an Academy Award or I mean, two.
3: I'm willing to call it a push, but I'm definitely not <laughs> taking an L on that one. Not even close. Uh, Fritz-
2: what, Marv?
4: Last night when Top Gun won, my wife was next to me. She goes, did Dan text you yet? He's got to be so excited. I <laughs> said... <laughs>
2: I wasn't that excited, but I I did. I was like, yeah, okay. That and my, sound saved the movies. It saved the whole industry. And my and my wife goes, like, really for sound? And I go, no, no, just that that Top Gun won an Academy Award.
3: Yes, even. You know what's probably the most underappreciated award that uh, is given out at the Oscars? Sounds of, other than sound, <laughs> editing. Like the dude who gets up there and wins, like the best editing or yeah. something like that. That that must be just a miserable laborious task of editing a movie. And All- it feels like
2: everybody goes home, and the editor has to stay.
3: Oh, that's that's when the editor starts working. Yeah, like you know, hey, we're going out tonight. We're going to dinner. Hey, hey, Tommy, you want to? Oh, you gotta edit. And then everything is shot from five different angles. See, so which one do you want? This one, that one, this one, that one? Oh, my
2: God.
4: Yes, Tom. And some of those awards are pre-recorded. There's no speeches or anything to say. Oh, by the way, here's the one that won these categories. Let's move on to more important
2: things. Let's take a break. Jay Billis is going to help us fill out our brackets coming up next. We'll get to phone calls, best and worst of the weekend, and legal tampering starts. So uh, we'll talk some football with Albert Breer coming up a little bit later on. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. I mentioned the Celebrity Bracket Challenge. Fritzy just sent me a note that Chrissy Teigen is going to do a bracket and possibly Kelly Clarkson. That's fun. Who's Kelly Clarkson? Yeah, so Kelly's going to maybe do a bracket. That's great. And they're going to all be eligible to win the all-new Ironwood Grill from Traeger. You uh, elevate your smoking and grilling game to a new level. They got uh, innovative features such as the improved grease and uh, ash management. And you've been asking for that, and I fixed it. A grilling light, two meat probes, just to uh, name a few. When it comes to you know, they really didn't need to do anything. The Ironwood is consistent. It's great. And uh, the flavor is not, I mean, it's not even approached by any of these other grills. It's just not. And you got precision temperature control. They have the Wi-Fi technology, the new Ironwood will have options to make uh, your grilling your very own. And uh, you can't go wrong. Can't screw it up. Tyler can't screw it up. That means nobody can screw it up on a Traeger. Traeger Traeger.com. Make sure you use the DP show uh, code to get free shipping on everything. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, For 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Intelligence runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. The Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. This just in from the NFL Network. The Browns have restructured Deshaun Watson's contract. They're still paying way too much for him, but... They've created uh, $36 million in cap space, and that gives uh, Cleveland some room to uh, do some work in free agency. We'll get to phone calls coming up, as we always do every Monday, best and worst of the weekend. And uh, this is the day when you find out that your uh, coworker probably knows a whole lot about college basketball far more than they
3: knew, say, yesterday. Yeah, Eaton? I heard this morning uh, someone talking about, or maybe I read it, I'm not sure which, but a study where you might be more likely to do better in your bracket tournaments knowing nothing about yes. college basketball than if you actually studied up on it. Yeah, I agree. We should crush <laughs> I, <laughs> We should crush it. You know, if
2: you're old enough to remember when Bjorn Borg would play at Wimbledon, he would start the tournament – and he didn't have a beard. By the time the tournament was over and he won Wimbledon, he had a full beard. Jay Billis is maybe channeling Bjorn Borg because he's started his tournament beard. And what a compliment, Jay. That might be the nicest thing that I've ever said about you. The Bjorn Borg of college basketball. Jay Billis joining us. Hi, Jay.
0: Was was Bjorn Borg not the coolest dude that had ever lived at that time? <laughs> he was so amazing. Like I love that dude.
2: Yeah, he had the headband, the hair, but he would always start the tournament clean shaven, and then two weeks later had a beard, and he's you know holding a trophy and probably taking your girlfriend away from you. So you'll be you'll be doing some of those things in uh, in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, except for the taking the girlfriend Absolutely. away part. Yeah.
2: All right, make us smarter
0: today. Where do you want to start? Um, do, you, do you like starting with who got left out? Or <laughs> no. Are you no. More...
2: I have no sympathy for Rutgers or Vandy or Oklahoma State.
0: What about Clemson? No, I don't.
2: Jay, if you can't get in with 68, I mean, it's like you know qualifying for a bowl game and you win six games in college football. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, but they're letting other teams in that that aren't as good as you. That's the issue. Okay, um, you- I will tell you. I will tell you this: that that these leagues are are studying this stuff. And when they say total body of work, and then they start moaning about your non-conference schedule, well, how does your non-conference schedule factor into total body of work? If your total body of work's good enough, it shouldn't matter. And I'm telling you, Dan, like some of these some of the these administrators now are talking about why don't we start our own tournament and we'll invite all the Cinderella's and we'll pay them more, but we'll control everything. And that's that's I don't I'm not saying it's imminent, but but I've heard more of it. And uh, and we could be seeing that in the future. There okay, is too wait, much wait money. A minute,
2: wait a minute. Hold on. Go back and tell me what you think could be proposed at some point down the
0: road. I think there is a chance in the future, and I'm not saying it's imminent, but a chance in the future where the, the, the biggest conferences will say, "What? why are we letting somebody else control all of this, especially all of this money? Why don't we just start our own tournament? Because as you may recall, when we were kids, the NIT was bigger than the NCAA tournament. There were, there were teams that turned down the NCAA tournament to play in the NIT. And then the NCAA came up with a rule and said if you get invited to the NCAA tournament, you you are not allowed to turn it down. Uh, and and then they they wound up getting sued by the NIT. You had to buy it uh, because of that that rule and some of those things that they did. But but given how everything is changing, is going to continue to change, and we're having all these conferences realign, and and the amount of money in this multi billion dollar business is growing. Tournament inclusion is a big deal. And and having all of the, you know, having this committee decide this stuff when when the uh, the criteria is a moving target, um, I think I think I think that's going to be a possibility in the future. And, I, and again, I'm not saying it's it's going to happen anytime soon, but you're hearing more about it and, and I don't I don't see it uh, in the next few years, but we didn't see any of this conference stuff coming and we didn't see everything growing to yeah. this point. 20 years ago. And it would be a lot easier to start that stuff now. Like they don't have to start a whole structure. All these conference offices are just as big as the NCAA office. So it's not a, it's not a heavy lift to do that.
2: Yeah. I always wondered. And I, I kind of uh, grimace when I hear, well, you know, what did this school do outside of the sec? Well, they played an sec schedule. I'm worried about their non-conference I would care what a team did in the conference in that tough of a conference or if it's ACC, although you could argue maybe, you know, is down this year. But these certain conferences where I go, I'm fine with what you did in your conference, not, you know, what did you do outside your conference? Is that a fair way to look at this?
0: That That's in my view, that's the way to look at it is is it's supposed to be the automatic qualifiers where everybody has the exact same opportunity to get in the tournament. You win your automatic bid against your that you chose to be with in your league. If you don't do that, it's the next best teams. That's the criteria. Mm-hmm. So when you're saying, well, this team didn't you know, we need to send a message that you need to play a non-conference schedule. So what, what are we telling Clemson? Don't play smaller conference teams, period. Play big shots. And then people are going to say, well, you're not giving the little guy a chance. Well, you get punished for giving the little guy a chance and God forbid you lose to a little guy yeah. on the road or something. Cause Clemson played a bunch of road games. Which, which they're encouraged to do. And, uh, and look, I, I'm, I'm not, like, like I said, I'm not here to, to, you know, take up the mantle for this team or that team. But when you're looking at other teams that got in going, they're not as good as Clemson. Um, I, I do think that's a problem. Uh, But but it's not you know it'll all go away once the first game is played and we'll move on. North
2: Carolina, the first preseason number one to miss the tournament since uh, they expanded to sixty four teams in nineteen eighty five. Last preseason number one team to miss the tournament was North Carolina State in nineteen seventy five. All right, you want to? And
0: weren't they on probation that year? NC State. Yeah, they won the they won the championship the year before. I think they actually might have been on probation.
2: I think. um, Let's see. The automatic bid went to North Carolina and the at-large bid went to the regular season champ Maryland. But I don't know if NC state was on probation for maybe the recruitment of David Thompson or something like that, but. Uh, I don't remember what it was, that but was the last there was time. something in there. Yeah. What do you think of North Carolina turning down the NIT?
0: I don't blame anybody for turning down the NIT. Uh, I mean, they, if the players don't want to play, the fans don't want to see it. I don't see What the point is, and especially if you're going to go into the tournament, lay an egg and and not want to be there. The the only downside of that is they've got some younger players. And if they were going to be able to play those guys, that would be fine. If you had a younger team, I'd say go ahead and do it. But if they don't want to play, if the guys don't want to do it, and it sounds like they don't, uh, and the fans don't want to don't want to watch it. Um, So so I I think it's a good decision.
2: All right. What do you think of the four seeds? You okay with top uh, number ones?
0: Yeah, um, you know, if you wanted to get technical about it, you know, look, look at all that Kansas did and, uh, and where they got sent, but they were still a number one seed. Uh, I thought Purdue got uh, probably the toughest draw of number one seeds um, and, uh, and Alabama got a, a pretty good one. Um, I kind of like Alabama's draw uh, the one, one bracket seems like it's loaded with Texas teams. You know, you got Texas, Texas, A&M, Houston, all that stuff. So maybe they're thinking, let's get one Texas team in there, put them all in there. One of them's got to come out. I don't know, but, um, it's a, it's a very, uh, you know, overall it's, it's fine. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of, a lot of qualms about the bracket.
2: Other teams you like.
0: I like UConn. Um, um, I think they're playing well, even though they got beat by Marquette in the tournament. Marquette's legit. They're, they're, I think they're an elite eight team. Uh, the, they could very well run into Purdue or Duke uh, in that bracket. And because of their length and rebounding and all that stuff, Mar- the only thing Marquette doesn't do well is, is rebound. Everything else they do extraordinarily well. Uh, so I, I like Marquette coming out of the bottom part of that, and uh, and Duke is playing really well now. Like I think Duke is seventeen and one when they have their full complement of players, and uh, they've been patiently bringing that team along. And for those that say you can't win with freshmen, um, you know that's kind of been proven wrong by Kentucky and Duke over the years. But, uh, but this team is, is just about freshman dominated. Their best players are freshmen, Kyle Filipowski. But they, man, they're so good defensively. And now their offense is caught up. Like, they're making shots and spreading the floor. And, uh, and they, they look like lottery picks now. Now, now you say that, they'll probably go out and have to repaint the rims <laughs> in their first few games. But they're, they're, they're legit. They're very good. And they got Oral Roberts to start out. And Oral Roberts is good. Um, you remember Oral Roberts beat Ohio State a couple of years ago, and they still have the same guard, Max Asemus, spelled A B M A S, and it's pronounced Asemus. Uh, but they, they actually, Oral Roberts might actually be a better team um, than they were then. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a little bit more balanced. They've got a 7 4 kid named Connor Vanover who, uh, who went to Arkansas. He was out of Arkansas before he came to Oral Roberts. Uh, but A. is like a 22-point-a-game 20, uh, guy, give or take, and and he can really score. And uh, he's one of those guys that can go out and get you 30 in a game and be a problem. But I think Duke is too big and too athletic, uh, and and their rim protection is so uh, – like it blocks and changes so many shots around the rim. I think they're going to be too hard to beat for ORU.
2: We're talking to Jay Billis from The Mothership. What is it about certain coaches when they get to the tournament that – it, it's just different than the regular season. Like Tom Izzo every year, you know, Rick Pitino, it feels like. I mean, there, there's a few coaches where you go, I don't care what they have. They somehow get the most out of them, and we shouldn't be surprised when they go on a tournament run.
0: Yeah, I think there's a, you know, I, I can only go to some of my experience on this. And when I was, uh, I played in the 1st 64 team bracket. Uh, it, the year before, I think it was 54, we had a buy in the tournament uh, in My the first time I played in it. And when it got to 64, I remember as a junior in college thinking, my God, this thing is huge. You know, and, and your head was spinning with all the, all the stuff going on around it. And it, it's probably even worse now with the lower third and stuff going up the side and all the results. In my senior year, we were the number one overall seed. And Coach K came into the locker room. Uh, for a team meeting, and we started talking about the bracket, and he, and he talked about the other side of our bracket, the the 32 teams that were on the other side. And he's going, look at all the look at all the good teams over there, and then he said, who cares? And he goes, there's only one team coming out of there, and we'll play them on Monday night. <laughs> and then then he gave us a sheet that had a four team bracket, and it was our first weekend. And he goes, all we have to do is go to Greensboro. It, it was called the Greensboro Invitational. And he says, we've got a four-team tournament to play this weekend. And it made it manageable for us. And you started thinking about, you know, it's not a golf tournament. We don't have to beat everybody. We just got to beat the ones in our path. And if somebody falls down, fine, we'll play the one that beat them. But we don't have to worry about all this stuff. And honestly, Dan, like, I'm uh, I'm kind of a history guy. I can remember just about everything from all the tournaments I've watched and covered and all that. The one thing, the one tournament I can't remember what happened in was that one, because I didn't we didn't think about anything but us. And I do think like Izzo and and Patino and Coach K and some of these others uh, that you're that you're referencing, they do a good job of that, of, of this is about us. Like, I can't imagine that Roger Federer went into a tournament worrying about the other side of the Wimbledon bracket um uh it, it, there there is something about like the focus thing and and like if you win your first couple games and then you go home that's usually the time where things get you know you start getting media coverage and patted on the back and thinking you're really good and all that and and you know it's it's sort of the focus issue of of your specific path over this entire tournament which which shouldn't matter to you
2: where do you think Rick Bettino's coaching next year
0: I don't know. I keep hearing the St. John stuff. I, I, I know probably about as much as you do. Um, <clears throat> you know, I field phone calls every once in a while, but I try not to get involved in any of that stuff. But um, I I, th- I think he's, it's still in his blood, and he still wants to do it. And St. John's would make great sense. He wouldn't have to move from from where he lives now, uh, and it would work out really well. And he'd kill it there. He'd do really well. Uh, and I'm kind of glad. The only the only downside of this, if you want to call it a downside, is uh, is man, these guys are going a long time. And uh, and, you know, for some of the younger guys, like like when you look at John Shire now at Duke, um, man, they're having to wait a long time uh, to get a shot and to get a shot at some of the big ones. Like somebody like when John Wooden retired, I was I think I was in sixth grade living in L.A. And and when he announced his retirement at the Final Four in 1975, I thought he was the oldest man in the world and he was 65. And, uh, you know, all the, there's so many 70 year old guys and Bayheim, I mean, you know, Bayheim was what, 78? <laughs> and that, that was unimaginable to me. So, so there, there's kind of like, don't these guys play golf? <laughs> um, I, I even called Coach K one time. I called to, to check in on him, see how he was doing after, after uh, uh, he left the program. And uh, he answered the phone, and I said, uh, "How are the pickleball games going?" And he says, "No, I'm re- I'm really busy." And I was like, "I was just kidding, <laughs> just joking." <laughs> but you know what
2: it is? There's certain guys who can't. I just remember when Brent Musburger talked about Joe Paterno. He said he'll die coaching. That he would never he would never stop. That that if you retire, you die, and that he would stay in the job that that amount of time. And I I think there's certain guys who. They don't know what they would do if they didn't coach. So why not coach as long as you can coach?
0: That was kind of Beheim's thing. Um, I remember Beheim saying that he was getting a lot of phone calls from friends of his that had retired, saying, "Don't retire, um, like don't quit," because I wish I was still doing it. And uh, and I don't think he needed that to keep going. But uh, but look, if, if people love it, I don't have like I'm not saying, hey, you should quit at a certain age. I mean for crying out loud they make airline pilots retire and, and their retirement ages and other things um uh, but but I, I wind up thinking about sort of the uh the younger guys that i think would do extraordinarily well it's just hard for them to uh it's just hard for them to get in there with uh with guys hanging around longer but there's so much money in it yeah and uh and and, and look and it's still fun for them um they get to wear shorts to work every day and i'm not sure guys their age should be wearing <laughs> shorts but but that's okay yeah.
2: Who's your pick to win it all?
0: I took Arizona. Um, and look, Arizona has some issues. Like they're not the best defensive team, but they can really score. They average about 19 assists per game, and their big guys are really good. Um, and I think their guards are good, but they're, you know, they may be at times a little bit, you know, decision-making you may quarrel with. But, you know, Kirk Creese is really a – I think he's a really good guard, and Courtney Ramey transferred in from Texas and did a huge shot against UCLA to win uh, the Pac-12 championship uh, in the tournament. Um, I, I like their path, uh, but you know Alabama's legit. They're really good, and uh, and I could see you know if there's an Arizona Alabama game uh, in the Elite Eight, um, that's going to be a that's going to be a fist fight.
2: Good to talk to you. We'll talk to you along the way, as always. We appreciate your time, Jay.
0: And Dan, even though in your late you're in your late 70s, I don't I don't think you should quit anytime soon.
2: Yeah. Do you know I'm older than John Wooden when John Wooden retired?
0: Yes, yeah. I didn't want to bring that up, but I thought he was the oldest man in the world, and you know I, I don't want to say anything more.
2: Who's had a better career,
0: me or John Wooden? I think Wooden would love your career. Thank you. um, you know, like the your pyramid of success has some different blocks <laughs> on it, but that's but the, very impressive.
2: That's the only defense played in my <laughs> pyramid where the actual blocks there. There was <laughs> that was it. Uh, thank you, Jay. <laughs> thank you, brother. And that's Jay Billis. He works for the Mothership. He knows more basketball than you do. Play of the days up next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
0: Hey,
5: I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
4: wherever you get your podcast. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game.
3: You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. I I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies.
4: There's always something fun to discover and monopoly go so get off the bench and go download it for free right now on google play or the app store game on
5: at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call
1: 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike, and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Oh my God! The play. The play is called play of the day. Brother, left side, got it. I'm gonna play it and play it. This is the
2: play of the
0: day. Check this out.
4: Tigers by 15 pressure.
5: Steal by KD, a 35-footer. He drains it. Memphis up 18, 38-20. Timeout, Kelvin Sampson.
2: Kelvin Davis had a big day, 31 for the game. He scored at least 20 in each of the last six games. That's courtesy of Learfield Sports. Memphis with the surprise Over number one seed, Houston. Play of the Day brought to you by Discover Credit Cards. They do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. Everything doubled. Cash back from trips and restaurants all doubled. You want to check out the terms and check it out for yourself. Discover.com slash match. All right. uh, Celebrity sighting over the weekend for me. Awkward moment in the celebrity sighting for me. And uh, if you uh, don't get it, then you drop out of the contest, and there's a prize at the end of the contest. And I don't know what the prize is, but you don't get it. So the first round, no hints. All right? Then a slight hint, and then uh, we'll see if somebody is able to guess. The celebrity sighting for me over the weekend in New York City. Todd, I'll start with you.
4: Joe Gorga, real housewife of New Jersey. Okay.
2: I like that. Now, you can pass and wait for the hint second round, but then you run the risk of somebody getting that celebrity sighting. Seat no counter. Keith Richards. Keith Richards, no. Marvin. Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay. <laughs> Good call. <laughs>
1: Answer is no. Pauly? Since I'm last, Dan, I will pass and wait for the hint.
2: Okay. Oh, that since is I, soft.
1: Since I'm the only guy who could win this now.
2: That's <laughs> true. Um, let's see. Let me give you a hint. Andre Agassi. Andre, no. <laughs> uh, this is an actor. Oh. Person's an actor. Obviously not an Oscar nominee. No. No. Maybe they're salty about that. I don't know if the actor has been in a lot of movies. Oh, I was going to say Ethan Hawke. Ethan gets- Hawke would have been a good call. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Christopher is that- Merloni. Bloop, 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 no bloop. <laughs> wow. Let's go! Yes. I'm sitting with my daughters, <laughs> and my youngest daughter is always spotting celebrities. Always. The last time we went to this restaurant, she goes, uh, Dad, Courtney Love is staring right back at me. I said, well, then don't stare at her. Well, she's staring at me. And I go, are you sure it's Courtney Love? And I look over and I go, I'll be damned. Courtney Love is right there staring at my daughter. Like, what are you doing staring at me? And then my daughter was going to have a stare down with Courtney Love.
3: Did anything else happen with Courtney Love?
2: No. That was it. Now, Law & Order, you know, big time TV show. Elliot Stabler, Detective Stabler. And my uh, daughter goes, "Uh, Dad, Chris Maloney is uh, right over your shoulder. And I thought he was like right over my shoulder. And I said, uh, what's the show? And then my oldest daughter goes, Law and Order. And I go, okay, all right. So now they're talking about Law and Order and all the great episodes and what they love about the show. Now, Dad, being a so-called celebrity, now I have to go over at the end of the meal, wait for him to be done with his meal. He was with a group of people. So then I can go over and do the celebrity, saying hello to a celebrity. And I walked over and I went, um, hi, Chris, I'm Dan Patrick, sportscaster. He goes, OK. And then I went, oh, oh. Uh, uh. oh <laughs> no!" yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Uh, OK. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> and 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 I had my daughters there with me. And I think they're thinking, well, this guy obviously knows our dad. And then they realized that he didn't. And then they tried to clean up the mess, you know, the spill in aisle six. Oh, and then my wow. daughter goes, and then my one of my daughters goes, um, "I never watch your show. It makes me too nervous." And I go, "That's not a good line to have." <laughs> my other daughter goes, "I watch," and that's all she said. And then my oldest daughter started reciting uh, episodes there. And then I finally, <laughs> I said, uh, "Do you do you live in uh, nearby?" And he told me what street he <laughs> lived on. He didn't ask where I lived. And I go, oh, I, I live close by, too. And then there's pause. <laughs> <laughs> and I can feel my wife tugging on my shirt, like, uh. let's get out of here. <laughs> and it was bad. It was, it was, yes, exactly. I could hear the, the, the law and order music in my head going, oh, no. Law and awkward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bloop,
3: bloop. bloop,
2: bloop. bloop. Oh, yeah. I'm the sports guy. Okay. One more item. We close out our one. Simply Safe Home Security, simply the best. And if you don't take my word for it, but you should. U.S. News recently named Simply Safe the best home security system of 2023. But then they also did that in 2022 and then 2021. Simply Safe, trusted by experts and customers alike. Simply Safe, designed with cutting-edge technology. It's backed by 24/7 professional monitoring. They have something that nobody else has. It's called Fast Protect technology, capturing critical evidence, verifying the threat is real, so you get the uh, priority police dispatch there. It's probably going to cost you less than a dollar a day. And by comparison, that's less than half the price of traditional home security systems. Lock and unlock your doors, access your cameras, arm, disarm your system from anywhere. So what are you waiting for? Customize the perfect system for your home in just a couple of minutes at simplysafedan.com. And you go today, claim a free indoor security camera, plus 20% off your order with interactive monitoring. That's simplysafedan.com. There's no safe like Simply Safe.